Good morning. Morning and welcome back to Crosspoint. It's great to see you. And for those of you watching online, we welcome you. Great to see everyone. Thanks for joining us online this morning. Uh, just want to say before we get started here that the, the band has just led us in a beautiful, beautiful time of, of worship. And uh, they did not have my notes. They, they, they knew a little bit about where I was going this week. But those songs, you're just going to hear them coming back and back through the message this morning. And uh, God has woven something special here today. Uh, we had a great time in the first service. So I just want to say, get ready, get ready, get ready. And uh, we're glad that you're here. It's good to be here. We're in week two of our series, Identity Theft, Knowing and Claiming and Living Who We Are in Jesus. And after last week's uh, service, I heard from several people who said, man, that, that just resonated with me, the story about Moses and losing his identity and, and uh, getting it back and all of that. Uh, it's good, good stuff. And as we said last week, that every story is different. My story is not your story, not your story. It's, you know, we're all, we're all different. But Scripture, uh, boy, Scripture just has a way of speaking right to us. And that happened in the first service. It's going to happen again in, uh, in this service. And uh, so here we go. Have you ever felt like you were pushed into a pit by the people who you should have been able to trust the most. Pushed into a, bit, a pit by the people who are closest to you. And sometimes it's those who are closest to you, the ones who you least expect, who betray you, who strip you of your identity, and, uh, and just push you into a pit and leave you to pick up the pieces. Like, thanks a lot. Awesome. Great. I should have been able to trust you. Um, and I've been there, personally. I, I've been there where I felt like the ones closest to me who I should have been able to trust the most pushed me into uh, a pit. In looking up from the bottom of a pit, while the ones who pushed me in, they just go on to live their happy lives, you know, like nothing ever happened. Uh, awesome. Not awesome. And this is Joseph's story. It's another, Joseph's story is another huge, epic uh, story of scripture. It covers a lot, of, a lot of chapters in the book of Genesis, and we're just going to be grabbing a few pieces of it here this morning. But Joseph, uh, at, a, at a young age, was clothed by the favor of his father. He was clothed by the favor of his father. Now, Last week, Moses got a burning bush. This week, Joseph got a coat of many colors. And you might not get a burning bush, and you might not get a coat of many colors, but I want you to hear this today. Like Joseph, you are clothed in the favor of the Father. The Father loves you, and you are chosen, and, uh, and, and you have his favor on, on you. And not everyone will be thrilled about what God is doing in your life. I, I found that to be true, too. Like, I've, you know, there's been times when I've been excited to tell someone, and, and you can just tell, like, they're, <laughs> they're not happy to hear what God is doing. And so be careful who you share your dreams with, because some people are dream extinguishers. 
right? Like some people just like to snuff out other people's candles, don't they? In an attempt to make theirs shine brighter. Like some people, it's as if they've got this like secret, you know, extinguisher, jetpack, backpack thing. And you start telling them their dreams and they just start whoosh, whoosh, hosing you down and putting out your fire and, and, uh, and just, you know, they're dreamer putter outers is what they are. Right? Some people, they're just, they're just natural-born dreamer-putter-outers. I remember, uh, speaking of a coat of many colors, I remember when I, when I first made uh, my junior hockey team. This is many, many years ago. And, and I got my jacket, the hockey jacket, and it had my name on it. And it was a coat of many colors. And I probably slept in it for a week. Like, you could not get that thing off of me. And yeah, I mean, as a 17-year-old uh, boy in, in Canada, that was a big deal. And I, I probably wore that with a little more uh, pride than I should have. And there were probably people who were disgusted and sickened and wanted to rip that coat off my back and burn it in front of me, right? They, they weren't celebrating uh, that with me. And Joseph's father, Jacob, he wanted everyone to know that that there was something special about his son. And so he makes him or gives him this this coat of many colors. Now, if you do have a favorite child, like, (laughs) be a little discreet about it. our youngest daughter, Autumn, was here in the first service, and I told the first service that Autumn, our youngest daughter, is clearly our favorite. Like, she is the, she's our favorite child. And then I said, if Autumn wasn't here, but Hope was here, our oldest daughter, I would say, she's our favorite. You know, don't, don't tell the other one, but that one there is, and we just kind of play that game between the two girls. We haven't we haven't, you know, coronated either one of them as, as the favorite. But Joseph has a favorite child, and he, he does coronate the, the, this one. You know, I, this one is special. And if Joseph has done anything wrong, it's that he wears that, <laughs> he wears that coat of many colors, and it's driving his family nuts, right? It, there, there's this... this, this Jealousy, this rage that is the storm that is brewing in, in the family. And then Joseph has a dream where all of his siblings are bowing down to him. Now, if you have a dream about your siblings bowing down to you, you might want to just hide that in your heart. You, you might not want to say, hey, everybody, guess what? You know, guess what I had for, for a dream? Rookie mistake. Joseph uh, is a type of Christ. We see Jesus in all of Scripture. And Joseph uh, points us towards, towards Jesus. Like Jesus, Joseph's brothers would rather kill him than bow down to him. And that was us. And we had, we had a choice to make. Like, do we worship him as the Messiah or do we crucify him on a tree? And we all hollered, crucify him. Crucify him. And Joseph's brothers would rather kill him than bow down to him. Put the story on fast forward. They throw him into an empty well. 
He's sold as a slave for a bag of coins, which is another foreshadow to Jesus being sold by Judas for a bag of coins. And Joseph goes to a slave auction where he is purchased by an officer of Pharaoh by the name of Potiphar. And that's where we pick it up in Genesis 39, verse 2. Joseph has been betrayed by his brothers. He has been been sold as a slave and purchased by Potiphar. Genesis chapter 9, verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. And this pleased Potiphar. So he soon made Joseph his personal attendant, and he put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. And from the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and his livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man. All the guys can relate to that. All the guys like, oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Now, Potiphar was married to Hotiphar. And Potiphar was noticing how God was with Joseph and blessing Joseph. But Hotiphar, she was noticing some other things about Joseph, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Right? And, and that's what she's noticing. And one of the things that we see from Joseph's life is that, man, life is unpredictable. Life is a roller coaster. Life is up and down. Our week... Gail and I, our, our family, our week last week just looked like whoop, 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 whoop. Just like over and under and, and unexpected. And it was just one of, those, one of those weeks. Joseph's got the favor of the father and he's wearing his coat and he's got these cool dreams. And then boom, life hits him and he's in a pit. But then he gets rescued and he's sold and then he starts, he excels with, with Potiphar, and everything just starts to go up. And then he runs into Hotiphar. And one of the things that we learned from Joseph's life is that every time that life dealt Joseph a low blow, Joseph decided to take the high road. Whenever life gave him something bad, hard, negative, whatever you want to say, every time that he got down, he chose to take the high road. Let's continue the story. Genesis 39, verse 8. Or verse 7, sorry. Potiphar's wife, Hotiphar, soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. Now, if anyone ever tells you they don't read the Bible because it's boring... Send them to this text. Joseph refused. Look, he said, 
My master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. And she kept putting Joseph, pressure on Joseph day after day. I, I want you to catch the weight of that, of a young man far from home. And this Potiphar could marry anyone. So she's Hotifer, <laughs> Right? And she keeps pressuring him, and he keeps taking the high road, resisting her. And the second part of verse 10 says, he kept out of her way as much as possible. One day, however, when no one else was around, when he went in to do his work, she came in and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, come on, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. You always have a choice to make. You always have a choice to make. Even when people strip you of your dreams, this, this is twice in his young life that he is disrobed by someone. Even when, even when Hotifer strips you of your cloak and falsely accuses you, for the second time, he's disrobed and thrown into a pit. And that, you know, that second pit, like the first one's bad, but the second one's a doozy. And that's where a lot of people, a lot of us would just give up. So I'm done. I'm done. Like I, I, I you know, I tried. I've, I've done my best. I've, I've tried to be faithful. I've tried to make good decisions. And every time that I just get back up on my feet, kaboom, life knocks me down. And so obviously I'm just meant to be a pit person. I'm just meant to be a prison person. I'm done. I'm done. That's the place where a lot of people just throw up their arms or question God. Hello. Is there anybody up there who knows what they're doing? Hello? Because this is not how my life was supposed to go. Or get mad at God. Right? You gave me a dream. And my father put favor on me. I've done my best. I resisted that woman. I've done my best. I've served Potiphar. I gave the very best. That I, and this, this God, this is, this is how you reward me for good decisions. Now, I don't know about you. I'll speak about myself. When life gives me a pit, I usually have a pit e party. That's what I do. Why? I snuggle right in there. This is going to be a good one. And I sulk. And I blame everyone. Have you ever blamed anybody else? Um, and I think, I will, I'll come out of my pit when I'm good and ready. But, and, and I'm pitiful. Right? Full of pit. But Joseph chooses not to have a pity attitude. Now, some of you are in pits right now. Or 
If you're not, you're headed for one. The good news is you're headed for one this week. Well, thanks for coming to church. Because, right, we said that life is, maybe you were pushed into a place that is not your identity. Some of you are in prisons of accusation and betrayal. You trusted someone and they betrayed you. You tried to do everything right and you are still locked up, far from your identity. Now hear this this morning. If, if there's, maybe this is the reason why you came to church. God wanted you to hear this right now. You were not created for a pit or prison and it's time to get your identity back. Uh, cheesy, corny alert. I'm, I'm warning you in advance. What I'm about to say is cheesy and corny, but it's, but it's memorable and true. Your attitude in the pit determines your altitude out of the pit. Your attitude when you're in the pit determines your altitude when you come out of the pit. Don't let the pit steal your identity. Your identity is not in the pit. Your identity is in the resurrection of Jesus. The resurrection power of Jesus. And so you've got to tell the pit, hey, hey, pit, you, you're just a valley that I'm passing through. Like, I'm not staying here in the pit, and I'm not staying in the prison. God didn't make me for this. He made me for much more, and I've got dreams, and I've got the favor of the Father, and I'm, I'm just not going to stay in this pit. I've got choices to make, and I, life has given me low blows, but I'm going to take the high road, and you're just, pit, you are just a valley. I'm going through you. I'm going through the valley. You are not going to be a pit person. And no pit, no prison can hold you down or steal who you are in Jesus. So fast forward, I told you it's a huge epic story. Several chapters of scripture. He's falsely accused by Hodifer, thrown in prison for making good decisions. Uh, you can do everything right and, and life is still going to come at you. He eventually gets out of prison uh, he interprets Pharaoh's dreams. Pharaoh sees God and Joseph's wisdom. At first, Pharaoh says, wow, like, I've, you know, you're really smart. And, and, and Joseph says, no, 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 no. That's, that's not me. That's, that's him. That's God. Joseph points the Pharaoh of Egypt to God. <laughs> it's really, really cool. Uh, Pharaoh elevates Joseph to prime minister status over the entire region, makes him governor over all, take that, Hotifer. Then famine hits the land hard. Jacob, Joseph's father, sends his sons, the, the pit pushers, the, the dreamer putter outers, remember those guys? Joseph's brothers, uh, Jacob the father sends the brothers into Egypt. We're, we're starving. There's famine. You've got to go back into Egypt to buy us some grain or we're all going to die. So the brothers show up to buy grain. And who would happen to be working the grain table the day the brothers arrive but Joseph? And he recognizes them. And he tests them. He probably enjoyed that part. And he scares the hooey out of them. And we pick it up again in Genesis chapter 45. It's, it's an awesome story. 
It goes from Genesis 37 to at least 45, if you want to uh, look at it. Genesis 45, verse 1. So the brothers are back. Joseph knows who they are. They don't know who this governor, this prime minister guy is. Joseph could stand it no longer. There are many people in the room, and he said to his attendants, out, all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. And then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly the Egyptians could hear him. And word of it quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. I'm Joseph. See there, his identity. He knows who he is. I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They're, all, they're thinking, we're about to die. We're about to die. And one brother says to the other brother, it was all your fault. And the other brother says, well, I told you not to. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Please come closer, he said to them. They came closer and he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset. Don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years. There will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all Egypt. That's just awesome. See, this, this is a picture of a broken relationship. It was broken for many years because of betrayal, jealousy, hatred. And, and that broken relationship was starving the brothers out. They were going to die. They were, they were in a famine, and, and it was starving them out. And it was even affecting innocent people, like their, like their father, their father who had nothing to do with the boys, what, what they did to their brother. See, see, our decisions affect more than just us, don't they? And the famine represents sin. It's separation and death. The famine represents our lives when we turn from God. Joseph is not in a pit or a prison anymore, but his brothers are. They are living in a pit of regret, and it's killing them. Unforgiveness is a famine, and forgiveness is a feast. Forgiveness is a feast. Everybody lives when we forgive. When those broken relationships are restored, there's reason to celebrate. There's reason to party. There's reason to, to feast because whatever happened has been forgiven and forgotten. And Joseph tells his brothers, let go of your guilt. It's okay. He says, drop it. Forget it. it it's, we're we're going to go on like it never happened. It's a beautiful story. Forgiveness is a feast. Everyone lives when we forgive. God used a pagan pharaoh to give Joseph back his identity. God used Joseph 
to redeem and restore and save his family. And Joseph, when, when Joseph has a choice to make, he chooses to let his brothers off the hook. Now, I don't know about you. Again, I'll speak for myself. I, boy, when I've got somebody on the hook, I, I kind of like it. I, I've got, you're going to stay on this hook for a little while. I, I, I might let you off the hook, but, but it won't be until I am good and ready. And, and I want you to feel some of my pain. I want you to know what you did to me. And, and, and Joseph does not do that. Like he drops the grudge and he lets them off the hook. And it's beautiful. And they hugged. And they cried. And they had a, re, they had a reunion. Gang, when you, when you don't forgive, it's starvation. You're starving the other, you're starving yourself. Everybody dies when we, when we don't forgive. It's famine and it's wrong and it's not my identity. It's not your, idea, your identity. Don't allow the pits and the prisons, don't allow the, the, the difficult things of life to steal your identity. That's not who you are. Even if it feels like you were forgotten, even if it feels like you were pushed, or betrayed. Don't hold a pit attitude. Joseph's story reminds us of the resurrecting power of, of God, that he can redeem anything. He can restore anything. He can, he can bring families back together. He can bring relationships back together. There is, there is no one or no situation in this room right now that cannot be healed and restored by the power of God. There's resurrection power in the name of Jesus Christ, and I, and I believe it, gang. Yes. I believe it. He can redeem and restore anyone in any situation. Yeah. He is the king over all of the pharaohs, and Joseph said to Pharaoh, hey, 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 hey it's not me, it's not you, it's, it's him. Right. It's him. He's the king. He's the king. We mentioned earlier that Joseph's story points us towards Jesus. Like Joseph... Jesus was also betrayed, as we said, for, for what? A bag of coins, right? And in this story, um, we're, we're the older brothers in the story. Instead of worshiping Jesus, we, we, we hung him on a cross. We nailed him to a cross. And no pit or prison or tomb could hold back God's resurrecting power. Jesus was given his identity so that you and I, so that we could live, not starve, not die, so that we could live and be forgiven and restored and welcomed back into the family where we belong. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you again today for your your hand uh, that is all over this, your presence that has uh, been with us. And uh, I know, Lord, that you're here, pressing in, stirring, and, and inviting people to forgive, inviting us to come out of the pit, come out of the prison, because that's, that's not our identity. 
We have the favor of the Father on us. We were, we were made for more. And let's not uh, allow life to hold us down. Uh, so God, as we surrender, as we um, obey, would you have your way in our hearts and our lives? In Jesus' name, amen.